gentlemen, welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Leroy's Library, Bangkok Lyrical Lunacy's weekly podcast where we cover our community, culture, news events, and anything regarding life on earth and in Bangkok. My name is Leroy Jenkonius III, here to serve you a feast of auditory delight. Uh, what we have lined up today is a very juicy interview with the man behind the movement known as Aristotle's Cafe, a small group discussion movement that has literally sweeped the globe. And we sat down with Hassan Giasi, who's the man behind it all. And we picked his brain to get some tips on how to build community, uh, what are some ways he gets people to open up and build trust, and also... As a digital marketer by trade, we asked him for some insights that he might impart upon us regarding how artists can improve their digital marketing game. So stay tuned. Here it is, our interview with Hassan Giasi. Today, we are very blessed to have with us a special guest who will share a few things with us about community and just about uh, getting people to communicate and building uh, networks just with those things alone. So, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to really pay attention here because there might be some, uh, lot, uh, let's say, gems, a lot of gems that might be dropped here in this discussion with the one and only mastermind behind Aristotle's Cafe, Hassan Giasi is how would you say your last name? I'm sorry. Giasi. Man, that was a big wind up. Giasi. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Hassan. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So, you know, uh, with this podcast, we already kind of discussed before start hitting the record button uh, about like what we try to accomplish. Uh, we have a community of creators, basically. This is, I'd say, the major profile of our listener and the people who come to our shows. Uh, people who also yearn for a community and yearn for a community that facilitates creation and manifestation of ideas. And uh, what you do here at the Dice Cafe in Ari is, is something similar as creating a platform. And before we get into that, though, I want to ask you to please uh, give everybody maybe some information about you. Tell us your origin story of how you got your superpowers. Um, and, and yeah, and kind of give also an idea of how you apply those superpowers to make Aristotle's Cafe what it is. Cool. Um, so I think to start with my origin, I have to say that my father's from Iran and my mom is American. So growing up as Hassan in the U.S. was always a diverse mm. situation. So I was always around people that were a little bit different. I grew up in a, in a very Iranian culture. So people that weren't always first language speakers or people that might need a little bit more help or time to be listened to or to be heard. And I remember in particular my grandpa on my father's side, he, he didn't speak English very much, so I used to spend hours just looking at him, just trying to figure out and listen to him and, and listen to his language even though I didn't know it and try to figure out what he might want or mm. how to learn more about him, right? It was out of love. And as I grew up and I, I went through my life, I had the chance to travel a bit uh, I took my first flight when I was 18 to Sweden and studied there, and I just realized I didn't know anything about the culture of Sweden, and I was so 
I was so surprised how different they could be and, you know, how kind of closed off they are in some cases, but still sweet and still deep in other ways. And when I went back to the U.S., I decided communication was what I wanted to study. And so that took me at 18 to start leading discussions with the help of a professor. And these discussions started to grow, and the format and the style that we did it started to grow. So it started off as just a small extracurricular activity, mm. and it grew to be a requirement for all incoming freshmen in North Carolina at the university that I was at. Well, so, so you're saying that uh, in the process of developing the system of just creating a discussion, uh, you created something like that's a prerequisite for people to engage in so they can graduate. Yes. That's yeah. pretty awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I, yeah, so hopefully no one failed because of me, but they, uh, yeah, it went on. So it became a requirement for all, like, 2,000 incoming freshmen. The, I taught students, and then those students taught the professors that led those groups, and I was about 18 or 19 when that happened. And then wow. uh, there were some things that I did with body language, some things that I did about the approach that... I was creating a safe space for people, and I was asking good questions, and there was some, something that was there that was special, that was valuable. And I took that on to my master's in California State in uh, Chico, in the north of California, and I did a paper on that, and then I, I got an award from the National Communication Association for the top student paper on experiential learning. Mm. And it was a big honor. I'm not really a good writer, I'm more of a talker and, and that way, so it wasn't, it was a big surprise. And I think they kind of, they were just impressed to blend the, the different things together. So Aristotle's Cafe and communicating with people or asking questions or things like that, it's not new, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a human ability to share stories and to share ideas. I think it's what we do, it's, it's not so much that it's new, it's just that we do it well and that we respect each other and that we create that safe space. And so my research kind of led to those findings since that time so for 13 years i've been leading them everywhere and training people on how to do it so so how how many in, uh how many discussions have you have, would you say you've led to date officially it's about officially it's 750 Whoa. plus all right but i mean i don't really know how many have We'll say north of 700, right? Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, experience is not in question here. Let, so let me ask you something. With Aristotle's Cafe, you said you're about facilitating communication, especially when language is not a thing uh, or, or when language might be a barrier or culture could, might be a barrier. So is there a prime directive you follow when you're trying to accomplish this? Yeah, well, so I think... I think a good way to start is just the intro to the format is always it's always funny because we have everyone write down their own question on a sheet of paper and then they send it in to the facilitator, someone like me that's leading it. Mm -hmm. Then we read them off and then we let people vote. Okay. So a lot of people, they don't think much about that process, but that's the beginning of kind of democratic um, democratic involvement, right? That mm. people can write something down. They might be the quietest person in the room. They, their English level or whatever language level might not be the best, but they might write something that's really intriguing for people and it might get voted as the yeah. one to start with. So I think just to begin with is just the main idea about making sure that everyone's heard is giving everyone 
everyone's space to be listened to. Mm-hmm. So in the U.S., we used to have everyone come from homeless people or young or poor or rich or any, anything it might be. Um, and we do the same thing everywhere in the world. So I think starting with that as the setting the stage well and then going through different techniques. Mm-hmm. But I don't I mean, I don't want to go too into it if we don't want to take too much time. Right. Because it's. A lot about body language and things like that. Well, one thing I definitely want to ask, uh, maybe this goes into the technique arena, because um, I imagine there is a, a big part of it is developing trust, right? Developing trust, and maybe uh, one aspect is developing trust, and the other aspect is like kind of the way people might choose a question, right? So, uh, what are some ways that you? allow for the development of trust to manifest and also how do like is there any kind of questions that you have noticed that tend to tend to kind of surely always be the ones that get picked Mm. yeah that's a good question so in terms of trust i think what we do right away and what we always do in all of our messaging and what i do is i just make sure that people know that their opinions are welcome. If you're conservative or liberal, this isn't a space that's one way or the other. We, we need diversity to create good conversations and better ideas. Everyone's free to agree and disagree. And all this is part of the introduction to the sessions and all this is in everything that we do and everything that I train uh, people on. And I think also it's really powerful just to accept someone's opinion. And as a facilitator, as someone that leads the group or even our community, we accept that someone feels that way right away. We might disagree with it, mm. but we accept it. So we don't, we don't silence people if they, they feel one way or the other, but we might ask them why. We might ask them to support it. So we really, we really feel responsible to open the stage for people, and also we feel responsible for them to support their opinions. And we can disagree with it. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Mm. And then in terms of the questions that will get picked... I think one thing that really I've learned is that there's a human, there's a human strain through the whole world that will never break. And that human strain has to do with people finding importance in questions around love, happiness, mm. success, family, right or wrong. So, you know, I've had some conversations that started with a similar question in completely different parts of the world and some similar conclusions were made. And I think that's just something that will will always happen and I think it speaks a lot to the fact that we should always open that floor. Mm. Everybody loves love songs, right? <laughs> and and I think you're right. It's something that uh, you just are drawn to uh, naturally or I don't know why, but we just, uh, I mean, I'm sure that's, we're alive, right? So that's what's carried our species on <laughs> over the many thousands of years is, uh, you know, people loving. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's, that's awesome because you took one of the questions right out of, out of me, me. I have here, what's a common thread that would unite people across, uh, you know, across literally borders? But, but you know what, too? I mean, like, in one way also, I mean, when we talk about common threads, I mean, we can talk about it in, like, a really nice, kind, friendly way, too. But there's also really common friends of, like, disagree, uh, common threads, not common mm-hmm. friends, common threads of like disagreement, right? The first session in Thai that we led here in Bangkok, the question was, how does religion affect your life? I mean, that's the first session that we led in the Thai language, fully Thai language that uh, we had. 
And so, of course, in that session, the, the funny thing is that, well, maybe not so funny, but there is a Christian, there is Buddhist, there is atheist, but all of them were from Thailand, all uh-huh. Thai nationals. And there is one woman that started to speak up really harshly against Islam, like Muslim people saying that, you know, a lot of religions are good, but of course, Islam has much worse people in it, mm. the teachings are violent and things like that, right? A lot of misconceptions that people had. And one thing for me uh, that was really beautiful is that the same thing happened here that happened all across the world when I led it. There was people that weren't Muslim that that would never identify with that religion that were Christian or atheist or, or Buddhist that spoke up mm. and said to her, you know, I'm sorry that that's your experience, but I have friends that are, and they're great people, they're peaceful people, right? I think that there's also people that are in different religions that you didn't name that might also have bad tendencies. So I think in one way too, like those boiling points or those moments of clarity or clarification or representation also are really nice that happen throughout the world too. So there's always people that come from backgrounds that they might not have been exposed to something and they're able to be exposed to it in that setting. So that's also a nice pattern that develops. So the, there's a lot of like, uh, so let's say you're only uh, used to a particular experience by having participated in discussion like the ones that happen at Aristotle's Cafe, you're likely to come face to face with one that might uh, be something you consider the antithesis of your worldview, um, and you have to grapple with that. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's people that come, and you know, sometimes they're honestly they'll they'll say that they're racist, right? They'll they'll say, for example, I I I'm racist. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like this group of people, or I don't like this group of people. And a lot of times, there'll be someone in the group that is sitting across from them that's like, well, you know, that's me. Mm-hmm. But but we agree on love. We agree on this. We agree on like all these other things that we talked about. So, you know, can I be, can I be part of like your world? Like you might hate me for some reasons, but can I be part of your world? Because we're similar in these ways, right? And I think that's also a really nice thing that happens. And, um, you know, we have moments where people do get upset. We do have moments that are a little bit more deep or emotional. But um, throughout the whole experience, I think people come out a lot, a lot better with a lot more empathy and understanding mm. on the other side of it. Wow. So you, you've broken barriers that far down where someone can really come and forthright and say, hey, look, I got hate in my heart, right? And then you have people who are, I guess, trying to show them, look, that's me, or someone, like you said, we have advocates who really stand up for humanity in this sense, right? Because you're, you're pointing out, uh, again, you're pointing to the common thread, the, the, the universal things that we all respond to deeply which is like love, you know, your family, just uh, trying to live your life. Now, after you've had people participate in this, uh, it's very inspiring to, to sit in a situation like this because, you know, like you, your eyes are open in a way, right? And I think people would want to know maybe how they can participate in facilitating this further or getting involved in some way or another. Um, do you have anything to, to say to someone like that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. If anyone wants to get involved, come participate. Is really what I ask is that, you know, not everyone wants to lead, lead these groups. Like, not everyone wants to be a facilitator. But 
just come and participate. Like, we need opinions. We need voice. We need you to share. If you feel really fluent in, in English or not, we have different options. We have different languages that are happening all over the world. It's in Mongolia now, Myanmar, and Iceland, right? It's opened up there, and there are languages that are going on there. So it's really an open, open place, and we're trying to make it more and more accessible for everyone. And then for people that really want to take their communication skills and their kind of ability to, to lead and, and work and create shared visions and create community, then if they want to learn how to facilitate, I do workshops and I take them through the steps necessary. So I do three-hour workshops, about three or four-hour workshops where you might have never experienced this format and then you can go and you can be a master with your body language, master with the questions that you ask, um, master on even small things about how to arrange the seating or different insights that I've learned over the 13 years that can help you in your own organization or like even in your own efforts if you're an artist, musician, or whatever it might be. Would you say you need to have any sort of experience to kind of get involved in this? Like if you want to lead discussions but you know you're very shy or you know you've you've never really spoken in front of people before, is it, does it matter or so some people have come and they, they said they're shy right off the bat. When they first came and they participated, they said they're shy. We have people that are mothers, friends, people that work in construction or people that are life coaches or whatever it might be. We have artists. We have a bunch of people that decide that they want to facilitate. Mm. And I think a lot of times if you're, if you're introverted, it's, it's good because you, can, you take time to listen and you can ask powerful questions. So you already have a certain set of skills going into it. So I wouldn't say there's really a type of person. Also, if, if you're loud, if you talk a lot like me, mm. it helps you quiet down a little bit and be a little bit more better at listening or, or managing your own emotions or things like that. So I would say that really the, the key is that if, if anyone wants to create this sort of atmosphere or environment, that's the key. They, they have to have a passion for wanting to listen, learn, share, and create kind of a, a community or a discussion that might have impact on their life. By the way, these only go for about an hour, right? So that's also the thing, too, is that it's a very low, low entry point, is that everyone has kind of an hour to give. Mm. So I think if you want to start, that's what you have to keep in mind. And another question I have is, uh, you know, it's pretty shocking that uh, after 700, more than 700 discussions, you know, you, you have, you develop this network that pretty much spans the world, right? And that's, that's a pretty impressive feat when you're trying to build a community. Uh, so can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, what is some of the, what's a process you follow or something, any insight you have to share about building community that uh, others might be able to benefit from? Yeah, I think, uh, so I've been doing this for free for 13 years, right? These discussions are also always free. And I think that's one thing that's been a challenge, but part of that is just persistence. I mean, I think for one thing, it builds a lot of character to mm -hmm. just do the same, no matter what. You find a venue, you find a venue that people can be in for free and you can gather there and you make sure to set that time up. It's just persistence of that. And then it's in terms of organization as well. You, you make sure to set up that time. Facebook is a wonderful tool. And 
creating, getting emails from people is quite effective because then you can email them and update them. At times, I'm a little bit worried that I'm annoying people with the emails that I send, but then again, there's a lot of people that they have busy lives, right? So if you can send them something that's helpful or a little reminder, a lot of times they're appreciative. And another thing too is just that I found a lot is that in this sense, when I do something for free, it's really been asking the community for help mm-hmm. and showing them that I, that they have so much value. Because I think people that just come and talk and leave, like for an hour each week, I think they really don't, they don't always get how valuable they are, right? It's like the same as the people that show up to, to your shows or the things that they do. Like they might think that they're just there paying an entry fee for the door, and that they're being selfish because they want to see something. But, you know, for you to give that format and for them to hear poetry and for you to, like, set up that whole venue and all the back things that go into it, right? That, I mean, that's what keeps it running, you know, those people yeah, that come, right? That's absolutely right. And it, it's true. I think people don't realize uh, the how they fit into the more holistic view of things. Um, and, I, you know, I always tell people... After every show, someone will come, oh, so great. But really, all I'm doing is I'm just a guy talking crap in between performances and just, like, just moving the show along, right? Like, the parallels that, that lie between the discussion and the open mic show that we do, uh, especially from my perspective of kind of, like, leading the discussion, per se, if it was the open mic, is uh, finding the best way to blend in the background. Right. And letting uh, just again, moving the performances along, kind of, uh, you know, keeping people interested, managing the flow um, in a way, and the timing and the tempo of the event. Um, and just within that, you get uh, you get that view of like, man, these people uh, don't understand the role they play because like they're the ones that make the whole thing. It's the end, the whole thing a thing. And that's why that's why we do the podcast, because like I uh, there's a way to package that, at least for the for the poetry show, mm. um, and like it when I, a lot of people don't realize it until they hear it back. Sure, we get pictures, but it's mm. you know once you've listened to, it's like man, that's me. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, I can't believe, like I didn't think I had it in me. You know, mm. and 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 they don't realize you're such a you're the most important piece of this thing. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful, and I think also. Like when we talk about facilitation or whatever it might be, it's it's also the role you're playing. You, you, it's true. Like it's exactly what I say too. A, a good facilitator is invisible. Mm. And I also think that at some point in time, my job is super easy. I mean, I'm just asking some questions every now and then. I'm just trying to help people get their voice, throw it into the circle, right? And even those people that are quiet, like they're that don't speak at all. Like I've had people that have come for six months every week that don't say a word. They just, they just come and they sit and they listen and sometimes they come up to me after and they say, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm so shy, I, sorry I didn't speak. And it's like, no, you, you did exactly what you're supposed to do, right? You're here, you're participating, you're getting out of it what you want to get out of it and the rest of the group is doing what they, they want to do and you're all working together in a way that's really valuable, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Ian, I just think that I just think that people forget that a lot. And, you know, for Aristotle's Cafe, at least, it's been really a beautiful process because we've had people get involved and do graphics, just volunteer to do graphics. We have, like, someone that made a tote bag, right? I mean, it, it's just funny, you know. I And the reason why they made it is because they're like, well, 
you do this for free every week, so how are you gonna how are you gonna sustain it? Like, don't you need some income to sustain it? And at that time, I was like, no, I, I mean, I don't. I don't need it. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I have other side jobs, and, and um, now it's cool because we're able to take the money from those bag sales, and we put it for scholarship for people that want to take a workshop, right? So it feeds into all the same system of itself, right? And then, um, and yeah, so I, I just really, really want to say is, like, one, if we want to wrap up that conversation with, like, one tip, to really get something moving and get people involved is that show them the value that they have, ask them for help, you know, and, and let them see the results of what they're doing. Like you can't have, you know, you can't have an open mic and, and poetry every day of the week if you don't, if you're not having hundreds of people that are coming out and supporting, right? That's and right. and um, That's right. not everyone can do it every day of the week. So you need people that come on Monday, on some on Wednesday, on Friday, right? And you need some people right. that are big spenders and buy a lot of drinks. And you need people that just pay the door entry and, you know, fill up the seats and listen and, and want to be there to support that way. So, yeah. And, then, and, and so that's, like, people listening, that's such an important thing. You know, let people, and this, I think this extends far from, like, far beyond community building. It's like, let people know the value that they have uh, within them, because most people don't don't hear it, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, man, like a uh, one, I want to ask you because one thing I've learned, um, you know, I, actually I've learned a lot after doing this open mic show for we're we're about to be five years old, uh, and one of the things I've realized, you know, in the process of having to be humble and be in the background is really listening to the people like you know I've had a cycle of people just as you have had so many people that uh, we've uh, facilitated this platform for um, and I've, I've sort of learned some things that have kind of also informed me in the way I go forward with Bangkok Lyrical Lunacy um, which is a lot of people come to face their fear and they don't even realize it um, and everyone has a different reaction to fear, but everyone feels it. And being in front, being on the spotlight, and which I'm sure is in, in being in a discussion, even though it's a more egalitarian thing, you know, you might not be the full center of attention, but for a few moments you are. Um, it, like having watched people be in that position, is there anything about human nature that you, you have gleaned from this experience of that, may, you know, most people aren't, aren't, don't have? I think when people put themselves in a situation of fear or when they're stepping into a situation that they feel uncomfortable in, the only thing that I that comes to mind is just growth, right? Like that, you know, no matter what, there's always growth from that situation. And I find it really important that I would suggest anyone that is in the breathing that anyone that has the ability that you should always put yourself in a situation that you feel a little bit uncomfortable right like it's I mean I I lead these discussions each and every week but I feel nervous yeah. when it, when I introduce them even though if the group is still just like a group of people that are regulars and have been there before you know I, I stand in front of people and I do performances or I'm a musician too so I, I do performances or I'll stand in front of a workshop with people and my heart's always beating fast, right? It's never, it never leaves. And I think that, you know, in terms of kind of what I learned is just, 
I've also, you know, there's been thousands, like 8,000 plus people that I've sat and had these discussions with. And the ones that were the most impactful to, to listen to, to hear the opinions of, those were individuals that, that it wasn't that they weren't scared, it's that they obviously just kept facing that and that they just kept pushing past it. And when you, when you can see people doing that, you start to realize that you can do it too. That's right. And then once you go out there and you get a taste of it and you kind of, you know, put yourself on that, that spot and you have the chance to look back, it's just those little steps and those little fears that you conquer lead to a really better outset. And I, I would say, I don't want to say a better life, but you definitely know more of your capabilities earlier. I would say a better life because that's what that does. You know, uh, you get, you gain self-awareness, uh, which, you know, I always tell people there's a, a, a certain kind of truth, evolution that the open micer takes, right? Um, first is your first time ever, right? You're super nervous. You're, and, and usually the thing you're nervous about is, oh, I'm going to look dumb or this isn't a good poem or it's very like, you know, you're, you're worried about other people's opinion of you, right? Um, and then they face that fear for the first time and we make sure they feel the love because of it. So they get this just wave of appreciation and they're like, oh man, that wasn't half bad, right? And there's like your first hit of crack and you want it again. <laughs> and they're like, yes, I have, to, I have to do it again. I have to do it again. And the more they do it, like you said, the more you step up to the plate and you face that fear, um, you know, you always feel a nervousness um, and some sort of anxiety, but it's directed towards something different. You stop worrying about, like, because eventually it becomes, I want to be better at this, right? Mm -hmm. When you say, I just want to, I want to step up to the plate to get that practicing because I want to be better, then your focus turns, rather than what they're thinking in the audience, like, how is my posture? How is my voice? You know, you're, you're, you're self-aware. And once you hit that, that's when the exponential growth happens, you know, and it makes your life better because of it, man. Maybe you're right. But people can grow in bad ways, too, though. Man. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> believe me. Like, it's, a, yeah, it's, you have to, uh, you know, you, you're always faced with something that's going to lead, lead you astray. And I mean, like, uh, for me, it's like, uh, it's easy to lose like when people are really scared like at the last show there's a lady who was just super scared right like frozen in fear and like sometimes i don't have sympathy for that you know what i mean i'm like yo come on lady you better like <laughs> we gotta end at it <laughs> but like uh eventually i had to stop and be like yo man this lady's really going through it you know what i mean mm -hmm. she was frozen um and like uh, so like sometimes you kind of it's like a doctor who becomes kind of just numb you know what i mean um so yeah you need the self-awareness and it helps you grow and but it can be a slippery slope sometimes if you trip um all right so i think uh the the, the last thing i, I want to talk to you about hassan is uh you told me once we were talking on the phone you said you you by trade are a marketer a digital marketer um and i think what uh, that, that might provide value to people listening because, uh, again, the, the majority of our listeners are artists who are serious about making a career out of their, their artistic proclivity. Uh, so, you know, in, in this world, in this day and age, you need to have a strategy uh, online. And as someone who has experience and maybe some wisdom to impart uh, for someone seeking to 
develop their online presence, especially as an artist. Uh, is there any anything, any gems you can drop on us that might lead us in the right direction? Yeah, so I think a few things. One is that if you are an artist, if you are creating sounds, images, words, whatever it might be, that now is the age of video. So get your stuff on video, make it cool. There's there's things like Facebook Live. We you know we even just tried to do it just before this podcast, right? We're doing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean we're we're taking a video of this right now just to see if we can use it later and just make the most of the interactions that you have and. You know, in terms of like what you're doing with with your own art at, and and marketing, let's see. I mean, if I want to give people some general advice, it's just for sure thirty second to one minute videos that are kind of exciting, or even just in the easiest way, just set up you know set up a time lapse if you're going to paint something or record a small lick or a melody mm. if you're if you're an artist and just put it out there and see what happens and don't be too worried about it right and and ask for some kind of feedback or you know get people involved ask them um, make it interactive make it a conversation and that's one thing that I really want to say just like just like uh, what what you're doing mm. with with the events that you do or what I'm doing people are kind of sick of being behind their computer screens, I think. So anything that can reach out to them and, and pull them in. And then Facebook advertising is, uh, is a sultry mistress, so be careful. She can lead you astray or down the right <laughs> path. You have to make sure that you test and things like that. I don't want to give anyone general advice because you can spend a lot of money and, and do it wrong. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it is an option if, you know, make yourself a Facebook for business page. Um, and then go through and, and do it the right way. Study it, the insights. And... Yeah, study Instagram. Um, I think you could probably get in contact with Pablo or myself. I, I don't know if you want. Yeah, to yeah, actually, for sure. If you have questions, because I mean, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I've been doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there any particular resource? Maybe it's a YouTube channel or a website that you might recommend, where someone might really like, if they were trying to really dive deep to like kind of just link, give them a breadcrumb path. Yeah, so I think um, I think Gary V, okay, yes. who's, who's really famous on social media and other things, is a really good person to check out. And even too, what I want to say about him is that you can look at kind of his style and how he, he really portrays himself. And so I think it's a good example of not being shy of who you are, really mm -hmm. putting yourself out there and not mincing your words too much. And then there's, there's other forums that you can look into a guy named Brian Dean is really good for search engine optimization there's a lot of Facebook groups and uh, you know if you want you can always get in touch with with me or Pablo there's for website builders there's a website builder called Divi D-I-V-I mm. that D-I-V-I that's an easy builder. Like I'm a communication guy. I'm not a tech guy or like a coder. And I use that to build out my websites and build websites for other people. And it's pretty user friendly. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of things you can also, what I want to say to like artists or musicians out there is that never be afraid to start, you know, teaching people about, so like if you're, if you're, if you're a person that wants to do that, right. I mean, some people don't want to, teach other people but 
you know, like if you have a skill and that's also a good way to start and share it and it's a good way to get connected with people that might be enthusiasts for what you're doing and, you know, kind of take it from there. And, uh, All right, yeah, man, definitely. Uh, that's a whole lot of resources you gave us, so thank you for that. Um, and two things on what you said, for sure, Gary Vee, I, I, I listen to Gary Vee all the time. I personally use that as a resource, um, and it's, that's just watch as I do, you know, or do as I do, not as I say. That's what I use that for. I just study, um, like, the different things he's doing with different media. And, and the truth is, uh, like you said with video, yo, you have a phone, right? You just film. Mm -hmm. I, yo, we're recording this on the phone right now, so there's nothing to stop anyone right now. Mm -hmm. Your video doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, just do it, and and you'll build it along the way. Uh, so thank you for that, Hassan. And I guess we're going to close with one last thing, which is maybe uh, right now, is there anything you have your attention on at the moment that ha has taken up, you know, uh, any recent fascination or whatever that's just you're really intrigued by that, has, that you give your attention to now? Oh, man. Um, so I think one thing that is really, really interesting at the moment, for me, if I, if I want to be honest, to not, to not talk about, sorry to keep talking about Aristotle's Cafe. Oh, right no, do it. Do, That's what we're here for, man. This is the time for that. <laughs> but, I, but I think, um, I think like, for me, it just blows my mind that, that so many people, like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you go, people just want to be listened to, right? That's something that, that's something for me that's like, it's really funny because in some cases, you know, people talk about this format and they say, so what's the topic that you choose? I'm not going to come if I don't know the topic. Mm. Right? That's one, that's a challenge, right? People want to have like a standardized way to look at it. And then, but you know, at the same time, you have people that are, that are thinking of it that way, but then someone opens it in Mongolia and the first session they have has 40 people come in, right? 40, 40 people come to the first opening in Mongolia for Aristotle's Cafe, right? Wow. In Iceland, they, they have immediately sponsors that send coffee and tea, nice. right? Like $1,000 worth because that organization wants to be part of people connecting and coming together. And so I think it's just interesting as like this movement continues to go. It's not, it's out of my hands really, right? It's not even about like what, it's not even about the efforts that I did. Like, I don't know that those things are gonna happen. All I know is that it seems that based on the way that the world is right now and the way that things are going, that people find that, I mean, the internet's fine and chatting and stuff like that is fine, but I think people wanna start seeing each other much more, right? Like. They're, they're sick of, like, being, you know, bullied online by some faceless or nameless person that has mm -hmm. no responsibility or no fear of being caught about who they are in person, right? So people want to start talking face-to-face. -face. They want to start being more human. They want to start being listened to. They want to start asking questions, and they want to start having their opinion heard. And also, I think, more than that, people are ready to have their opinions changed. It's not... I don't find it the case that everyone's everyone's set in their ways. It's not true, you know? Like, I've had people that are older that are liberal that have 
that that are you know extremely liberal in certain ways that have swayed back the other way because they realize like they're wrong in some cases and I've had people that are conservative or religious or non-religious whatever it is so I think people are just ready to change and empathize and I think that's something that I'm, it fascinates me right because of course we could be just walled off yeah. and I think I'm going through that learning experience on my own even after 13 years it still surprises me every week and it, uh, it really helps me to do my best and not being set in my ways and being open-minded about the possibilities and about the things that are out there in the world. All right. Well, thank you for that, man. Like, uh, definitely, you heard it, people. Um, you, I call them lunatics. Lunatics, you heard him. Um, the most fascinating thing, according to Hassan, is just a human being and their their ability to adapt and to change based off of new information. Sure, although it is important to understand yourself and to sometimes separate yourself so that you can get your bearings straight, uh, it serves no purpose if you, after having found your bearings, uh, to not go and see where they are in relation to your community. Um, and the only way to really do that is to look at someone in the face and to have a conversation with them and to really understand. And because otherwise, the option is basically an electronic sliding bulletin board that hardly communicates uh, any uh, half of the information human beings communicate when they are face to face. Um, so with that said, uh, thank you so much, Hassan. I really, really, really appreciate your time. And, uh, and yeah, man, everyone, uh, if you are free on Tuesdays, uh, Tuesdays at 7... 7.30? 7.30. To 8.30 at Dice Cafe 7, in RE. Okay, so it's 7.30 to 8.30 at Dice Cafe in RE. So just Google that. Uh, Dice Cafe... Uh, with the exclamation mark. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I speak Spanish, and when you read it in Spanish, it says DC. Ah. And it's like, I thought that's why you were having your discussions at the Dice Cafe, because DC yeah. means to say, <laughs> to yeah. talk. Uh, but no, it's the Dice Cafe in RE, 7.30 to 8.30 every Tuesday, Tuesday, Aristotle's Cafe. Thank you so much, Hassan. Thank you, man. Thanks. And uh, yeah, man, let's see. I'm uh, happy to see uh, what more grows out of the Aristotle's Cafe global movement. Thanks, man. Thanks.